morning, everyone. <laughs> what I love is um, at home, what you can't see are basically people dressed as Nanook of the North in here. It's so cold. Um, Chris came off from the Keys and he just held his hand out next to me as if to say, so cold. Um, it's the heady heights of 13 degrees, everyone, in the warehouse. So, um, so suddenly you're all a bit smug at home in your pyjamas under your duvets. Um, but just to say on the meals thing, Vic was just saying, people have been cooking all those meals, but we've also seen huge financial generosity and the fund that we've been setting up um, to pay for things like containers. We've bought a freezer, some fridges. has gone over £1,000 in a week. I mean, isn't that great? Like, so people have been so generous. Fabulous. So for those of you that haven't met me, my name is Nick, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are jumping back into our life coaching series. So you may recognize, let me get this set up, this guy. This is life coach Larry. And he was with us for a little bit of time in the autumn. Then we took a little break for Christmas. uh, And then Life Coach Larry is back. And the whole premise of this series is about living life to the full. What does it mean for us to live these wholehearted, full lives? And we've looked at all kinds of subjects. These are the kind of things that we've been looking at. So the ones that are greyed out, we've done already. We've looked at cast, the Bible, creating space, journaling, meeting together, dealing with the past, forgiveness, thoughts, and there's a whole load of other things still to come. But today, I am going to be talking about this. This is the ninth in the series, and it is Discovering Your Destiny. Now, when we first mapped out the subjects for these talks... um, Chris usually does the kind of the, the overall, he takes responsibility for the talks and then he'll come and say, oh, you know, do you want to do this one or this one? And I have to say that when the list came out, this was one on the list that I was like, please let me do this because I love talking about this subject. I love, for me, the thing that makes me come alive is when I see people in their sweet spot, when I see people right in the center of their design, people who've worked out what they're for and they are living in the center of that design. I absolutely love it. And in fact, I wanted to start with this quote, which you may have heard me say before, but I don't apologize because I think it's brilliant, which is this, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. That is Mark Twain, and that is such a powerful quote that I I really want us to lean into today. Now, if we ever needed any reassurance that this is a question in the hearts of people, you only have to pop onto Amazon and see that there are over 150,000 books written just on the topic of purpose and destiny. That's quite a library to work your way through. There's loads of people searching to find out what am I for? Why am I on this earth? And in fact, um, a recent survey by Total Jobs, a website looking at um, employment and job stuff, has found that two-thirds of workers are using this time during the pandemic to reevaluate their career. Two-thirds of people are using this this kind of pause that's happened in the world, this thing that nobody saw coming as an opportunity to think, what do I want my life to look like when this is over, whatever over is? And people are using it as a bit of a reflective moment to think, do I want to go back to what I was doing before 
Or, or is this an opportunity for me to do something different? And I want to talk to you about two things this morning about when it comes to discovering destiny. And they are this. The first is, what is my destiny as a follower of Jesus? If you've said yes to Jesus and you're trying to follow him, what is your purpose and your destiny, your shared destiny with all of those people that follow Jesus? And the second thing is then, what is your purpose as, so Nick Kimmons, what is my purpose as an individual? There, there are two things. So over here, you've got everyone following Jesus. There's a sense of shared purpose. And then here, you've got actually, what about me as an individual? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. But really, I firmly believe it is impossible to get to this one the individual, what am I born for, without first really engaging in this one. Though actually, just what is my destiny as someone following Jesus? So often people get hung up on this, the what about me personally, and they lose sight of the fact that we're called to be part of a family of people who are going after Jesus. And there are some things that are just a shared purpose for all of us doing that. And the thing to start with, really, I will just say... um, If you're at home, try and grab a notebook or a journal. If you're in the room, too late, you're already here in your seat, you might not have one. Um, But grab a phone or something you can write with. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions throughout the time this morning. And I think it would just really help you to engage with it if you're able to just write that down in some way. So if you have any way of recording anything or writing down, now's a good time to grab it. But the first thing to say about both of those types of destiny is this. If you don't take away anything else from this morning, just take this. You were born for greatness. Thank you, Vicky. Vicky agrees in the room. Just one person agrees. I'm going to say it again because it really matters. You were born for greatness. You were born to be amazing. This is not just the people that you look at and think they're amazing. You were born to be amazing. And the reason we know this is because the Bible tells us we're born and we're made in the image of Jesus. We're made in the image of God. And God is the most amazing person you could ever dream of. And if you were made in his image, then you are amazing. In fact, at home, Chris will tell you this. All the time I say to Chris, you're amazing. And he kind of rolls his eyes at me, oh, she's off again. But I try and say it to people as much as possible because it's true and we need to start believing it about ourselves. And the problem is that people, you know, humility, I think false humility is killing the church. I think false humility is killing the destiny of people following Jesus because what happens is when we have kids and you say to kids, what do you think about yourself? They're like, I'm amazing. Or they draw a picture. What do you think? It's brilliant. You know, you don't need to teach children to believe they're amazing. And then there becomes this tipping point where children turn into adults and you say, what do you think about yourself? And you're like, well, you know, I try. Or, well, you know, I'm a bit, I'm not very good at this. or I'm not very good at that. But do you know what? Humility, I love this definition of humility. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. And the honest truth is, if you're constantly thinking about how terrible you are and all the things you can't do, that's spending quite a lot of time thinking about yourself, which isn't really humility in the first place, because it becomes all about you again. But the reality is, you were born for 
greatness. The Bible tells us to be imitators of God. We were not designed to be in the background. And over Christmas, um, Chris and I watched probably my favorite ever Christmas film. It's between love, actually, and the holiday. Don't judge me. But the holiday is the one we watched this time. And there's this brilliant scene where Iris, the main character, is in a conversation with Arthur, who is this older guy who's been a film producer. And he says to her, when I look at you, Iris, I see a leading lady, but you're behaving like you're the best friend. He's talking about movies. And she says, of course, everyone's supposed to be the leading lady of their own life or leading man. And this is the case. You weren't designed to be the make weight. You weren't designed to be the one on the sidelines. You weren't designed to just cheer everyone else on in their dreams. You were designed for greatness and to be the leading lady or man of your own life. So this is my first question to you that I want you to write down and consider. What would you do with your life if you were ten times bolder? I have to admit, I stole the question. Like, I heard someone say it and I was like, that's so good, I'm going to write it down. Just take a minute right now. What would you do with your life if you were ten times bolder? Now, the reality is, take more time to do this during the week. Anything you write down is evidence that fear is getting in the way of you really fulfilling your destiny. Because the things you're writing down are being held back by fear. Because if you were 10 times bolder, you'd be able to shake off that fear that stops you. In 2 Timothy 1... Six to seven, we have Paul, this spiritual father, writing to Timothy as his mentor. Um, And he says this to him. He says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. In other words, when he's talking about rekindling, he's saying, take that gift, take those passions, those desires, those things that God has put in the inside of you, take them out of the kindling pile and throw them into the fire and let them burn. Let them burn with the potential that God has wired into you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. So I'm just going to take a moment, wherever you are, uh, you might want this moment if you're in the room to warm up, you're welcome to stand at home, you're welcome to stand. We're just going to take just a second just to pray against fear just as we go on from here. So do stand. Father, right now we declare that you would have the freedom to release the destiny that you have designed for us as individuals and as a body of people following you. And that fear would have to bow the knee to you. That fear would leave our hearts and our minds. That fear would stop being the thing with its hands around our necks, stopping us 
from running into our design. We declare together and as individuals that fear has no place in our hearts and minds. And we give you permission, Father, to bring freedom in its place. Thank you, God. Amen. Do grab a seat. I think it matters that we, that we address fear before, like, as we talk about destiny. Like, you could, I could try and be the most inspiring I could ever be to talk about destiny, but if you're terrified of running into what God has, then, then there's just this ceiling. So how do we look at discovering our destiny, which is the title? How do we actually discover what it is we were born for? Well, firstly, as this body of people... I love this quote from Chris Vallotton. He says, you won't discover what God has for you as a spectator. You have to be in the arena. There's something about being active. We can't sit and just wait for God to usher in our destiny as followers of Jesus. We have to be in there. We have to be active, throwing caution to the wind. Any apprentice learns their gift and their skill first from being in a mentor and learning the basics. Chris often talks about Les Dawson playing the piano wrongly. He first had to learn how to play it right before he could learn how to play it wrongly. And Maddie, our daughter Maddie, who's 10, is um, just an incredible dancer, beautiful dancer. And she's part of a performance troupe. And the rules to be in the performance troupe is that it doesn't matter how long you've been dancing or how good you are, every troupe member has to do a weekly ballet class. Even if you're in troupe to do street or commercial or contemporary, you have to do weekly ballet. And the reason is, is because ballet has the essence of the basics of dance in it. The posture, the control, the movement. And if Maddie wants to discover her full destiny as a dancer and her own style, she first has to get the basics right. And she has to be able to do that. And so what are the basics? What is the destiny we're all called into as followers of Jesus? These, I'm gonna, again, if you've got uh, something to write with, I'm going to whiz through these Bible verses. I'm not even going to read the Bible verses out. I'm just going to give you the references. Um, you can go to the Talk Plus video after the, um, that comes out tomorrow, and I'll list them in more detail. But these are some of the things we're all called to. Be like Jesus. Romans 8.29 says we're made in the image of Jesus. 1 John 2.6, he doesn't hold back here. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That's part of our destiny. Live the way Jesus did. Imitate him, Ephesians 5.1. Be servant-hearted, Philippians 2.5. He took on the nature of a servant. He came as a king, but took on the nature of a servant. We are called to be servant-hearted. That's our destiny. We're invited as our destiny to invite people into relationship with God, the Great Commission. That's Matthew 28.16-20. to 20. Now, here are the ones that get a bit uncomfortable. Every single one of us that has said yes to Jesus and we're trying to follow him, this is part of our purpose and destiny. Heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. Challenging, right? Really challenging. But the thing is, that's not some other person's destiny. It's yours and mine. And it's really challenging. That's when, it, when Jesus sends out the disciples in Matthew 10, that bit. Here, but how about this one, Ephesians 5.2. Your purpose in life is to live a life of love. Live a life of love. 
Stop getting caught up in the grudges you have against people, the disputes you have, the disagreements. Stop getting pulled into the politics of what's right and wrong. Live a life of love first. Love well. Live life on mission. That is part of our purpose and destiny. I love the fact that when Jesus comes, he says, I am the light of the world. And Chris mentioned this in his talk last week. And then he does this really brilliant thing where he spins it on his head and he says, you are the light of the world. He goes from saying, I am, and then says, you are. Our purpose and destiny is to go into dark places and shine light. Take light into dark places with your words, with your actions, with your time, with your energy, with your money. Be a light bearer. Here's some other ones that are not for the person next to you. They're for you. Isaiah 61, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom, release prisoners. I mean, not literally, you'd get in big trouble for that. Um, But prisoners who are caught up in fear, anxiety, they're kind of captives. How about this one? Man, do we need people that are going to do this at the moment. Comfort those who mourn. Our world is mourning. Our world is mourning the loss of connection. It's mourning the loss of being able to hug a family member. It's mourning the deaths of 80,000 people who have died in the last year. The world is mourning, and you know, if you're really asking, what am I for, why was I born? Part of why you were born was to comfort those who mourn. It's part of your purpose and your destiny. You may be so caught up trying to work out what job to do, but your purpose is you were called and you were born to comfort those who mourn and bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah 58, loose the chains of injustice, share your food with the hungry, provide shelter, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, live generously. These are all part of your destiny. And what does that look like in your day-to-day if you're a postman, an accountant, a GP, a teacher, a parent? Well, I'll give you an example. If you're an accountant, then part of your calling and your purpose is to usher in thriving finances for your clients to call down the supernatural provision of heaven into your clients' bank accounts, to be able to create a culture of generosity as you give wise financial advice. It's like, it's both. If you are a GP, then your purpose and your destiny is to be able to use your intricate knowledge of the human body and pray specifically for the breakthroughs because you're the one that knows exactly what needs to change in order for that person's health to come. You get to lay your hands on people at the moment. If you're in the medical professions, you are one of the few people that gets to put a hand on someone. You get to usher in supernatural healing. That's part of your purpose and destiny. If you're a parent... You have been invited into a a way of raising children and young people who know their identity, who know their who know they are loved, and who can go out and bring justice, bring change in the world, bring a different way of seeing things because they know the King of Kings because you showed them. It doesn't matter. You could be a singer, a writer, a dancer, an entrepreneur, a barista. My challenge is, what if you saw your role as heaven appointed as an opportunity to fulfill that destiny rather than looking at it through the lens of your job description? 
I'm going to say that again. What would it look like if you saw your role as a heaven-appointed opportunity to fulfill your destiny rather than looking at it through the lens of a job description? Someone who does this better than probably anyone else I know is Liz Thatcher. For any of you who've met Liz, Liz's job title is office manager. (laughs) If you've ever come into this building, man, this woman's incredible. She will pray for anything that moves. She will, you get close enough to her and you feel sad, she will lift your spirit. She will speak life over you. Why? Because she sees the purpose of her role, not as just getting the admin done. She sees that as ushering in the kingdom. So first, we look into that. That's what we do. We look at our overall destiny. And then very, very quickly, what do you do if you want to find out the the specifics of, but what am I born for? And this is literally just a little list of, uh, this is a great quote, actually. I won't skip past that, which says, if you don't know your purpose, look at your design, your gifts, your passions, and your dreams, and they will point the way to your purpose. It's a great place to start. So... This is what I would suggest you do. Again, in the Talk Plus video, I'll talk a little bit more about this. This is a great place to start. If you don't know what you're for, find out about yourself because this is designed into you. God put a design in you that he's waiting to ignite. So why not? A brilliant book, Destined to Win by Chris Fallerton. Destiny Finder is a website from a pastor called Michael Brodeur. It's brilliant. You do a little test, and then if you wanted to, you're able to pay to get a much more a full version of coaching around that to pull out your destiny. Find a coach. We have some coaches at Asher Vineyard. Coaching is a brilliant way of walking into your purpose. And then some of the personality profiles. Um, I recently did the DISC test. It turns out I'm only 5% compliant which I thought was brilliant. Um, <laughs> my highest of that, so it's dominance, influence, um, steadiness, and compliance. Won't surprise any of you to know, steadiness and compliance were my lowest scores. Um, pray for Chris as he has to live with me. Um, but any of these personality tests, find out the things that make you alive. And then very quickly, if, I won't have time to go through all of these, but you can take a picture of the screen or you can just go back onto YouTube and pause it. Um, ask good questions of yourself and get your loved ones to answer these about you as well. One of my favorites is, what would my 80-year-old self say about how I should live now? And if you're around 80 or you're heading towards that one, what would your 21-year-old self say about how you should live now? And the last one, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Take notice of all of the answers to those questions. Sit with Jesus. Offer him yourself and say, I'm going to do the basics. I'm going to live generously. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring justice. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to be a light bearer. But as I do those things, I invite you now to step in and start to reveal to me what my destiny is as an individual. So let's stand and we're going to pray just to finish. Father, I thank you that you have woven purpose into our very design. Right now, I speak against fear and I speak against anyone who is listening that feels like they were born to be on the sidelines. And I declare a message that we were all born for greatness. We were all born for greatness. 
Help us to align our hearts and minds with what that greatness looks like in our day to day. And just as we pray, if you are listening or watching today and you have never said yes to Jesus, you've never realized that you were designed, you were designed, you weren't just a, a set of cells that came together, then I would really encourage you to say, Jesus, today's the day I want to meet my designer. I want to connect my heart with my designer. And if that is in your heart today, that you want to connect with your maker, then I would encourage you, get in touch with us. Just ask him. There's no special prayer you need to pray. Go to church online and get someone to pray with you. But Father, we give you permission to have your way in our lives and release the destiny you've wired in us into being. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.